Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. All right. While you're standing, those that are, I just have one quick opening verse. It's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's a little bit serious too. Jeremiah chapter 3. Don't worry, I'm not preaching out of Jeremiah. I'm not going to copy Brother Steve. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15 simply says this. Verse 15 says, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. You can be seated tonight. Notice that was plural. Pastors. So I, I, I don't have a very lengthy message for you tonight, but I, I have something I felt God wanted me to share with you tonight. It's, as we're continuing to move forward, we've, we've come through our time of prayer and consecration, and, and I hope many have heard that, that I've continued to say it shouldn't end at the month of January or February. We should continue to do that. Sister Cordell and I uh, have made a weekly commitment. We're going to continue to do that, and we'll have, uh, I'm going to try once a quarter to have a full uh, uh, time of uh, prayer and fasting uh, just a little bit of a shorter version each quarter like we did at the beginning here. But uh, I want to commit to that because God's doing a work. And, uh, and, and so what this will avail as we, as we deny the flesh and as we put that focus on prayer and fasting, the things that God has given all of our pastors and all of our leaders in their vision. By the way, I'm enjoying meeting uh, all of our our directors, and I've been, I've been meeting with several so far. I expect to meet with, with the rest throughout this process, uh, but to give them a chance to talk and share their visions and, and, and just talk about what they're feeling about the direction of their ministry, and I'm hearing so many great things, and, and people are excited, and they know that God is doing a work, and so through this prayer and through this dedication and through, through just continuing to expand those opportunities and to encourage our leaders and to, 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 to bring more people on, uh, uh, we're going to continue to move forward with the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding that God has given this pastor team. And so that continued focus on prayer and fasting uh, throughout the year. Brother Rob has said it multiple times uh, from the pulpit that we should continue in that. And we're in agreement on that. We discussed that in my office just a couple of months ago. And, and so it, it's very critical. But as I was, it was preparing this message tonight, and it's a very simple one, I call it a plan forward. Uh, it, it occurred to me that as we continue to seek God and we're in unity and we're looking for what he's got for us to do, clearly this church is a beacon in this community, is meant to be a beacon. There is no, I, I've driven around the town of Summit and Wales and Oconomowoc and, 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 and I've been around this area. There is no structure like this. There is no place like this in this area. There's, there's some churches and, and there's some other types of buildings, but of course I don't mean just the physical aspect. I mean what's going on inside and what God is doing inside. And it occurred to me as well that as God leads and gives that vision, you know, we can do just about anything we want to. You know, we're completely free. We are not constrained in any way. We're not held back. There are no social conventions that should hold us back from pursuing God's will and being brave and bold and courageous in what we're designed to do as a church, is there? So as you've heard me say many times before, part of my design and part of the design of our leadership team and what God is directing us to do is to get outside these walls. And we we can begin to start to become courageous and and, and out of the box thinking, literally out of the box, (laughs) if you get what I'm saying. Get outside this box and begin to get creative and, 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 and follow what God's giving us to do, the vision that he's given us and the, and the direction he's given us and the boldness and the courage is all gonna come. And so our efforts will continue to be put out there in ways that we can. Now I believe, and, and I know we've got a low census here tonight, you may have noticed it's a little light. And, uh, and, and that, does, that does weigh on me a bit. And it's something that every church is dealing with that I, that I know, at least in the area. And that is, is, is that there is not a strong enthusiasm besides the, the core and the faithful, which are here tonight, to come on a Wednesday night, for example. So we've got a little bit of work to do, right? 
And I know many other pastors deal with this and they think of the same thing and they're dealing with that. And, and so we have to look at the why and we have to be willing to put that on the table and, 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 and really say, why is this happening? What is it that, that isn't drawing? What is it that people aren't getting out of that? Or what, what is it that just says, nah, you know what? It's, I'm tired, it's midweek. I, I don't really do midweek service. When I was coming up in church, and, and I know many of you can relate to this, man, if the pastor said that the doors were open, unless you're dying or dead, you belong here on Wednesday night, right? And so uh, I believe it is incumbent upon me and upon our leaders and our, and our pastors to continue to look at what God is asking us to do. What is it that is going to feed the people? And what is it that is going to change this matter? We can go out and we can beat everybody up. Brother Arb, we could we could just criticize everybody all the time, beat them up, right? Beat the sheep and, and just make that a part of the deal, right? How effective do you think that would be? No, it would have the opposite effect, I would believe. And so we live in a different time and a different culture. The, the authority of the pastor is not seen like it was when I was 12 or 13 years old back in the early 80s. Uh, it, it just isn't seen that way anymore. The culture has changed. We live in a world of, you're not gonna tell me what to do, we live in a world of rebellion and a world of, of self-direction and, and, and self-described authority. And so that's a challenge that we, we have to work with. Now, does that mean we just give up and say, well, okay, we don't have authority anymore? No, we have a very specific authority that God has empowered us with, uh, but we have to use it wisely. And it takes time, and it, it, as culture has crept in and changed things, it takes time to begin to move the rudder on that ship and begin to empower that again. And so, for example, as we continue to build leadership teams and build our leaders, and many of you in this room right here, I can see our directors on our team. Well, there's just a natural intrinsic part of being a director or a leader on a team of leaders. And that is, is more than likely because of your responsibility, because of being placed in that role, you're going to be here, right? You see where I'm going with that? There's a, there's a design to that. And it's not just putting people in things just for the sake of putting people in things and kind of making up names and, okay, you're the, you're the chair-moving director, Brother Gerbing, that's your job. And so when a chair's out of line, your job is to put the chair back in line. So you're a director and you have to be here every service. Of course not. That's not the purpose in the role. There's very real ministries that we are, are doing uh, very real things with. But the point is, 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 is that God continues to expand that mission and gets us that, just gives us that inspiration. And as people, as I'm meeting with these folks and they're stepping up and, and getting involved, there's buy-in there and there's purpose and there's a reason. And that's what I'm talking about tonight. Uh, so a plan forward. As we begin to make, the, oh, as we begin to make that turn, um, I had some thoughts on that. Now, I know that some people are going to get on board, and some people already have, and I'm very thankful. Again, there's many in this room that have already stepped up and are really contributing, and, and, and they see the importance of this, and they, they understand the role that's there, and in that the way that they're impacting our guests and impacting, impacting our young people and impacting each other and uh, building up uh, the body of Christ tightly fit together, the word says, operating like a functioning body, working together in unison and concert and being effective because that's what's going to allow us to be effective in reaching the lost. And as we get out there and reach them and we've, we do our part, inviting and bringing people in and, 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 and all of a sudden you start to see, there were faces here on Sunday morning I haven't seen in some in years. And one in particular approached my wife and I, happened to be good friends with my wife, and said, hey, I didn't even know you guys were pastors here. That's so exciting. This was great being here today. I'm coming back. Someone that had wandered for specific reasons, there were, there were reasons, but has been gone for years. Now, if you remember, I talked to you about that during Vision Launch, that one of the things that God really impressed upon me is that there's a lot of our family, young people, children, brothers and sisters that have wandered. They just left for various reasons, for different situations, they've wandered away. And God, it really impressed upon me that we have the opportunity. These are people that have the Pentecostal experience. They had the Holy Ghost or have the Holy Ghost. They've got God in their lives. There's still that hook. There's still that little twinge in their brains when every once in a while something about church pops up and you know that wherever they're sitting and whatever they're dealing with, there's that little burning thing in their head and they know they should be here. They know they should be part of the family of God. That's those prodigals that have, that have wandered off. 
I believe it's incumbent upon us. I believe it's part of our role. I believe it's a purpose that we have to put a major focus in this prayer and consecration time and everything that we do in finding ways to reach back out to those that have wandered away. It's a shame. You know, in the sales world, we used to say that the easiest sales made are to the customers we already have. And the most expensive ones to, uh, are, are the ones that you have to go out and carve out brand new. And it's a shame that we have some that are out there. And I know many of you, you're praying for your family members. I'm, by no way am I even considering that we just forgot them all and just, oh, well, they're gone. No, it's not what I'm suggesting. But what I'm saying is, is what if, as a unified body, we put a powerful emphasis and a focus together. And I want to know who your person is, Missy. Brother Hickey, I want to know who your person is. Sister Brown, I want to know who your person is. Brother Brown, I want to know who your person is. You see what I mean? And the more that we can build that and get a hold, I don't know. I don't know everybody's situation and maybe you don't know mine. Maybe you don't know the ones that are on my heart. But if we can get together and we can unify on that purpose and in the course of our prayer and our consecration and the work that we're doing here, we put a focus on that. I believe that we have the opportunity that God has promised and he'll get into their hearts and we'll see people come back. We'll win some back. Over on my left over here, around the corner, there's a big whiteboard. And I, I actually, actually got it accidentally. I bought another one uh, for the purposes of using for, for some planning and things like that. And I wanted to get one for our prayer team anyway. Just so happened they sent the first one with no hardware in it. And I complained, said I wanted hardware. They sent me a whole new board. Anyway, there's a board over there that we're using on Monday night prayer. And on that board, there's a whole section of names, the names of the prodigals the names of the ones that have wandered, the names of the unsaved, the names of people that are dealing in illness and things like that. And, and each time we get together in prayer, uh, Sister Jessica would pull that board out. She, she and I kind of worked on that together and, and, and put that whole deal together. And I, I set it up for her and she, she started to minister that in Monday night prayer. Uh, but I think we can go much further beyond that. And I think that we can put a focus on that and we'll continue to do that. Some people, I said, are going to be on board. Many are going to be on board, and they want to be effective, and they want to do that. And, I, and that's awesome. We'll never get everybody, and I understand that. And maybe even some in this room are, are feeling comfortable where they're at, but some are going to struggle with this process. They're going to struggle with it, and I'm going to tell you why. It's going to get them unsettled. It's going to make people uncomfortable. That's just a fact of matter, a matter of fact. It's just we can't avoid that. But I'm not here to make people comfortable. It's not my job. I'm, I'm, I'm here to make you aware. I'm here to give you what God has directed me to do and to give you to what I, what I think the vision that he's asked me to follow. And, 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 and of course, we collaborate that, the pastor board team and I, and, 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 uh, and our pastors, we, we talk about those things and we share vision, but it's not our job to make people comfortable. It's not our job to make our guests comfortable. It's our job to make our guests welcome. It's our job to make our people aware. And so some of this process as we begin to talk about putting a focus on prodigals and prayer and and really emphasizing being here on a Wednesday night and and pushing just a little bit more and getting a stronger voice in that area and emphasizing and drawing and and, and asking people to participate. And your influence, the core people, the ones that are faithful, they're always here, are going to have a big impact on it. Hey, why aren't you here? Here's what they're doing on Wednesday nights. Here's something that we're going to, and I'm going to get into that in just a minute, but to encourage and continue to bring to the forefront because you know what? As long as we're just okay with that, as long as we're just, we just think it's okay that many, many people don't come, then they just won't because there's nothing there to provide a counter influence. You understand what I'm saying? It's almost like uh, it, saying nothing just says it's okay, right? Now, why is it so important? It's important because this is where the action is. This is where the spirit is. This is where that visitor that maybe they talk to shows up one night. Have you ever had that experience, by the way? See a, uh, see a new person walk in the building and say, oh, I'm here because so-and-so invited me and so-and-so's not there. We've had that happen. That's awful. That should never happen. 
But as they begin to come, as this starts to have effect, and, and it already is, you saw it on Sunday. There were, there were our, many of our infrequent flyers were here on Sunday. Nobody was on vacation on Sunday. Then we had wandered uh, folks that were here, faces we haven't seen in years here on Sunday. It was a, and it wasn't planned. But I believe we can see that happen again and again and again, and even in our midweek services. If it's all up here, if it's one mind. Famed author Napoleon Hill, who wrote a book, uh, actually a book that I really love a lot, and it doesn't have anything to do with, with actually monetary wealth. It's called Think and Grow Rich. He referred to this process, he referred to his experience in this area as a brain trust. He talked about serving on the boards uh, of huge conglomerate companies, J.P. Morgan and J.C. Penney and, and uh, uh, Charles Schwab and some of these other massive companies. And he served on these boards and he'd get together with these guys on, uh, on these, these director boards and they would talk about the goals of the company and they would talk about initiatives and they would talk about things that, they, that, that the company needed to do and things to do to move forward. And he said that collectively these great men, they would be pulled in from other corporations. They were the best of the best. They were sharp and they were, they were very educated and they were running successful businesses of their own. And so they would get together in these, what they called brain trust, what he called a brain trust on these boards. And they would begin to share, well, you spend that much time with a group of people and you know what? You're going to start to learn personal things about them, their hearts, desires, and the things that are, they're carrying with them and the burdens that they have because they spent all that time together. Are you hearing me? They spent time together. They were together a lot you know, it was their job. It was a massive corporation. They were in charge of millions of dollars and they were together a lot on this goal, one purpose. They were focused on one purpose and that was to see and propel this corporation forward. And so getting to, spending all that time with people and getting to know people that much and, and you just start to learn things about them and you start to think, you find out more about them and, and there becomes a relationship that's built there. And so the brain trust part of that is that he said that, that as they would get to know one another, you just kind of find out, well, old Ted over here is an antique car collector. Man, oh man, I'd love to have me a 1963 something or another Stingray. What's that thing your dad's got? See, a Corvette, that's it. Thank you, it took me a minute. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, or whatever. And, and so something happens in that, that whole group now knows that, right? See, that's a goal, and, and that group understands. They just happen to get that information because, hey, Ted's a great guy, and we love Ted, and he's part of the family, and you're driving down the street one day, and there's a 1963 Corvette, and, and, and boom, it goes off in your mind. Hey, Ted's looking for one of those. Any other situation, you would just driven on by that, right? It's a dumb, it's a dumb example, but it's talking about being intrinsically connected, with the people that you're working with, same goal, one mind, one accord. And so, of course, then you pick up the phone, you make the call and say, hey, Ted, there's a Corvette out here. It's the one you wanted. You see, and, and, and by that way, you support one another. Now, that's not the neatest part of the whole deal. Here's the neat part. Now, this is just corporate business. This isn't God. This isn't, this isn't First United Pentecostal Church of, of Oconomowoc or, or anyplace else. This is just a business. But the really neat part and they would propel these businesses forward. These, these were giants in industry. The really cool part is the things that Napoleon Hill said would come out of nowhere. See, they just got after the job. They just got after what it was that they were supposed to do. They were boards of directors. It was their job to provide their wisdom and their, their understanding and, and, and their, offering their advice and all of their education. And many of them were master's degrees and MBAs and all that stuff. But it was the things that just would, opportunities and deals and, and, and amazing things that would come into the company that they had nothing to do with. He said that there were, there were things that we, we didn't put any effort into this particular blessing that we got or this amazing opportunity for a new business venture or some infusing of capital. We didn't even ask for these things. They just came out of nowhere because it was Napoleon Hill's belief that that brain trust, that energy, that unity is really what it is. This is coming from God now he, and, and he does attribute a lot of it to God. But what was happening is that this unity just built this energy, this, this faith, that God, it was like God looked at that situation and say, hey man, you guys are doing great where you're at. You're doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing. Now I'm gonna shoot some stuff in there for you because I just wanna bless it on top of that. Folks, I'm telling you that kind of thing can happen in the church. It will happen in the church. It will be part of what happens here. 
I promise you, I promise you, if we get about the business of God and we do it in a unified way with energy and focus and a concentration and we encourage others to be here and get on board and we don't mock the pastor and make fun of him because he's making all these corporate structure things out there and we realize that God, like Jeremiah 3.15 said, God gave him some wisdom and some vision that said if you get together and you unify like this and you just get about the business of God, I'll go ahead and I'll let you guys bless one another and you'll accomplish a few things and you'll get some of that business done but here's what's going to happen i'm going to watch that unity come together i'm going to watch all that work being done and maybe this effort over here doesn't get you much but i'm going to send you something in that i want to send in that's god that's what's going to happen in this situation we get after the business of god the stuff that we do here is foolishness the foolishness of preaching and yeah, all this stuff with directors and pastor boards and all that stuff, I get it. It's just, it's just a goofy thing that we set up and it's some pic- pretty pictures on the wall and all that kind of stuff. But no, it's not. There's a purpose. There's a reason. And it's to unify. And it's to give purpose and to encourage and give people a place to let their heart shine and let them open up and, and say, hey, God's, God uses me too. I've got something I wanna share. I've got something here in my heart to, to, to give. And when we receive that, we say, brother or sister so-and-so, come on board, come on, get involved. What do you got? That's what I'm doing in the map meetings right now. And when we receive that, they become part of the brain trust. You see? And we're gonna get after the business of God. We're gonna get the church open. We're gonna do the things that we need to do and, and continue to advance the ministries that we have here, right? Get good at what we're already doing, right? And then God can say, okay, now I'm gonna start doing some stuff for you you never even asked for. I'm gonna do some things that are gonna blow your mind. I got handed a check on Sunday morning for five figures out of the clear blue. I never asked for it. I had no idea. But I got a five-figure check handed to me on Sunday morning. And the words that were given to me was, Brother Cordell, take this, and whatever you want to do with it, I trust you, and it's for the church. Took it to the trustee board meeting on Monday night, And I said, guys, you see how terrible that video looks up there and these machines are breaking down over here and we really want to make a big impact on our guests. We want to be engaging. We want to do something really great when we get those visitors in there, not craning their necks and staring deep at that thing and the light wash that we have, all that. And we basically, we talked about painting. We talked about a bunch of things that the church needs. And the trustee board in in a unanimous vote said, you know what, we got to do this video thing. They said, go back to the donor family. I didn't tell them who it was. I didn't feel at liberty to do that. And they said, go back to the donor family. I think you should talk to them, ask, see what they think, ask them if they're okay. I did. They came back and said, fantastic, sounds good. And so we're gonna, we're gonna completely revamp the entire video system because of that gift. And it's gonna impact people. Now you might think, well, that's just, that's just a simple thing. But you know what? It's gonna impact people. It's going to be engaging. It's going to be powerful. People are going to walk into this church and say, wow, this church is moving forward. This church is alive. Look at that. You see, it's a simple thing. But now let's let God do what God's going to do with it because we're just doing what we can do collectively, right? Does that make sense? 1 Timothy chapter 4 and 6. I'll give you a second to get there. Who's up in the balcony up there? I see a face. Oh, Sister Rebecca. Is that Sister Rebecca? Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry I didn't give you a list. I apologize. First uh, uh, Timothy chapter four and six says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. It's my job to just keep bringing this back and keep you in remembrance and keeping this idea fresh and keeping that vision out there before you and, 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 and just continue to reinforce it. And the more people, and people are gonna have another piece to add and they're gonna, they're gonna build vision. And as I said, I'm meeting with all of these directors uh, uh, and, and hearing what their vision is. 
you know, if we can do these things together and we put our focus on the kingdom, there is promise. There is promise. Uh, If you go to Isaiah chapter 55, I'm going to read you the first three verses. And then I'm going to dive into some of this vision stuff that I was talking about. Talk to you a little bit already about the prodigals. We're going to put an emphasis on that. What if we began to gather names? What if we began a letter campaign? Right? Just send out a wonderful letter. Hey, we miss you. Is there anything that we can do? We'd love to have you come back. Here's a special event. Come and visit us. Come and say hi. Something like that. What if the pastors did a call campaign? What if we stopped out? What if we made an effort? The worst that can happen is they can reject us and say, no, we're not coming. Right? But we should do something. Can I get that amen? We should do something. Obviously, in addition to our prayer and our focus. But how are we going to reach out? But if we can do it together in unity, Isaiah 55, one through three says, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. You know the song that we sing about this, come to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not, hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even sure the sure mercies of David. And so what Isaiah is saying or what God is saying through the prophet Isaiah is, look, we've got it all here. What they thirst for is here. The the nourishment they need is here. And, And the question that we have to place to them in a very kind way is why are you out there paying for bread? Why, in other words, why are you out there trying to struggle through life and buy it all on your own and waste your resources and waste your energy when the nourishment and the food and the water that you need is here. We've got to continue to reinforce that concept because you know what happens when, when they slide out, when they turn their back on God. My goodness, there's, there's scripture. I mean, millstones around their neck for having been here and then gone. I mean, I mean, this is serious business, right? But if we can encourage them through the word that, listen, I know what's going on out there in your life because when you turn your back on God and you walk away, because we can't say it that way, but as, as, you do, if, as they go to life and try to run it on their own, their way, we know what that provides them they're dealing with pain they're dealing with the sting of this thing there's pride that's holding them back this this young lady that came on sunday i mean it was just amazing but it's been 10 years and then finally said you know what i need to come back so that tells me that tells me there was a seed there there was something there in her heart and on her own without an invite without anybody pushing or pressing just decided to drive over to Abundant Life on Sunday morning and said, wow, this was great. I'm going to come back. Imagine how many of them are out there just waiting, waiting for the right reason, fighting pride, fighting their circumstances, feeling shame. What if we got together and we just excused them of all that shame? What if we got together and just said, you know what? Forget the past. Come back Spend a little time at this altar. Get a hold of God. Your family. Your family and you belong here. And that is the truth, by the way. They're ours. And when I've prayed with this group on Monday night over these prodigals and the people that have left and walked away, I've, I've gone right after the devil on that. And I have said, devil, that's ours. You have no business in it. They don't belong to you and we're going to get them back. And I'm drop dead serious as a heart attack. And I'm angry about that. I'm angry at what the devil has done in these families. And I'm going to continue to say it over and over and over again. Devil, that's our territory. That's our property. That child belongs to Jesus Christ. His spirit is in them, not yours. They belong to us. And we're going to get them back. Okay? Can I just ask this question? Is anybody getting a vision? Are you, are you seeing this vision? Are you getting a vision? Can you see letters going out? 
people that you know are receiving that or a phone call or a visit back here at church. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing things that we can do? We're not going to embarrass anybody. We're not going to hurt anybody. But in Jesus' name, in a collective way, we're going to do what we can in the brain trust to reach out to these folks that desperately need us. It might be the wrong thing to do, Sister Miranda. Maybe, maybe letters are the dumb thing to do, but we don't know what else to do, right? And so we're going to do what we think we can do and is do the best we can. But see, it's when, when we put that effort forward, it's when God says, no, you know what? Maybe that isn't going to do anything, but I'll do the work for you. I'll reach into that young lady's heart and get her here on Sunday morning. Fair enough? Okay. All right. I just want to make sure everybody's on the same channel. Moving forward, there's two other, two other aspects of what we want to do. And it has a lot to do with Wednesday nights. Now, you've heard me talk about these before. We have been in an intense amount of meetings and discussions regarding our Wednesday night breakout groups, what we're calling life groups, and then our third tier of opportunity is our connect groups. Now, let me explain those tiers very briefly for you one more time. I know that for many, it's very difficult to, to, to talk to that person in the cubicle next to you or to invite someone to a full church service. Frankly, we know that there are people and sometimes we allow our own fears and our own apprehensions to keep us from inviting someone to a full church service because my goodness, they walk in here and, and people are jumping up and down and we're praising and worshiping. So we get a message in tongues, all those different things. And you're thinking, oh, holy smokes, my friends are gonna jump up and run right out of here. Okay, I get that and I understand I believe that I've gotten to the place in life where I just don't care about that. And I believe that God's gonna do the work that God's gonna do regardless of how crazy it is. Because in 1982, we walked into a church, a Parkway Apostolic Church, and there was a guy at the altar just jumping up and down like a madman screaming in tongues. And I went, wow, this is a trip. (laughs) Guess what? I'm still here. You may have noticed. But that's tier one, right? Let's get them to a service the best we can. But some people are going to struggle with that and it's not something they're accustomed to. So that tier two, that next level place is what we're calling life groups. Now the purpose of life groups, again, this isn't just something to do to do something. Folks, there's design behind this. There's research that I've gone into and I've looked into churches all over the United States. What life groups really represent is instead of providing something where we drag somebody in here on a Wednesday night and we just tell them what we think they, what they, what we think they should hear, what we're doing is finding ways to reach out to people where they are. This is a very egocentric, very selfish culture that we live in right now. Most people are listening to one radio station. It's called WIFM. What's in it? for me. Okay? It's what I'm dealing with right now. And so in many ways, the life groups can be designed and tailored towards the challenges that we already know that people are facing. All you have to do is read, you know, 1 Timothy and 2 Peter and, you know, a few different chapters and you can figure out what people are dealing with out there, right? Kids are in trouble. They're rebellious. Uh, uh, The parents are frustrated. There's blended families. There's divorce situations going on. Kids are trying drugs and alcohol. They're getting in trouble at school. Families are breaking up. uh, Husbands and wives are 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 in. messing around on one another, all these terrible things that are happening, relationships are breaking up, people are being hurt. There's all this political stuff that's going on. There's turmoil and pain and anguish. I saw something the other day on Facebook that said, be careful how you entreat the stranger next to you because you don't know they could be having the worst day of their life. They might have a big smile on their face, but they could be in torment. And so by designing and tailoring life groups here at the church that that could speak right to them. For example, Sister Kylie and Sister Cassins and a couple other ladies are, have been training up in an area for grief counseling. And it doesn't have to be death. It could be someone that's dealing with maybe a, maybe a family member is, is dying of cancer or is dealing with a chronic illness or they have passed away. And what, what, how great would it be is if that coworker or that neighbor next door just experienced a death, they're distraught, they're depressed, and you re- reach out and say, hey, Mary, I probably never told you this, but we have this great group at our church. It's a grief counseling group, and it's just a chance to talk and deal with other people that are dealing. Would you be interested in coming? And now we're going to reach Mary where she's at in a godly way. We're going to focus on what she's dealing with. She's going to come and tell us what to preach to her, if that makes sense. Right? Because obviously, if we do a good job and we allow God to do his work... Mary's going to leave the life group class. She's going to come in here 
And then maybe Mary comes on Sunday and says, wow, this is a great group. I, I really like the people here. They're awesome. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's life groups. And, and we're still in the early stages, but we want to try to roll these out this year. Now, it's going to change the face of things a little bit for a little while. Everybody thinks about, well, if that happens in the, the sanctuary, he's going to empty out. And then what do we? Don't think about today. Don't think about the numbers that we have today. Don't always focus on the pie being just one size. Think of what it will do in the future, the growth that we're going to expect. Because if we come in here expecting and we say, God, I know that if we do these things, this vision that you've given us and the direction that you've given us, I know that there's going to be people coming. We're going to grow. We're going to reach our community. There's going to be more people in these seats. We can't stay stuck in the now. We can't stay stuck in this mentality that this is it and this is all we've got. We've saved all the people in, in, in the Economowoc area and that's it, right? That's small thinking. We can't think like that. I want to give you a quick testimony. My son, Sam. My son, Sam, is a sweetheart of a guy. He always has been. He's, he's a really sensitive guy. But he's 21, 21, working all the time, was going to school, lives with a buddy of his, and he doesn't shine around all that often. He's here about twice a month, kind of hangs out. But he talks to his dad all the time about the word. And he, he's, he's a good kid. He doesn't mess around with drugs. He doesn't get into drinking and all that stuff. He, he's into music I don't like very much. And, and his buddy likes just stuff like that. But he was at the house on, on uh, Saturday night for my wife's birthday. And he sat down next to me on the couch in the other room. And he said, Dad, I, I, I got to tell you about Mark. Mark is his friend. Now, we had Mark here. He, he needed to do some community service. He was playing mailbox baseball. And uh, those of you who don't know what that is, I'll tell you later. And, and, and Mark has been here, and, and, and he helped with the big clean-out day we did this last summer. He's been at my house. He's done stuff, and he's met us and other people at the church and met Brother Kylie. Well, this guy's never had any interest in church at all. But see, Sam has listened all these years. And Sam asks me questions all the time. And we're in our rides up to hunting. He's, he's, we have, Sam and Nolan and I have a Bible study. Every, every time we leave to go fishing, we go hunting. It doesn't matter. They're always wanting to talk about the Bible. And so he sits down and he says, man, Sam, Sam says, dad, I think I'm going to get Mark to come to church. And I'm like, I'd like you to come to church. <laughs> With him. Maybe Mark can get you to come. No, I didn't say that. But I said, Sam, that's great. I said, what's going on? He said, well, he really likes the people at church. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just started asking me about things about faith. His family has a, has a Lutheran tradition. And he'd ask him things like, well, Sam, how do you pray? Can you, I don't understand how you pray. How do you pray? And Sam told him how he prays. And, and then he said, well, what kind of church do you have? And Sam said, well, I'm, I'm a Pentecostal. I go to an apostolic church. And he said, well, what is that? And of course, you know, that's my favorite question in the world. What is Pentecostal, right? And, and, and so he went on and he's telling me all of these things and it's continuing to happen. And so I said, well, Sam, you need to get him here on Sunday because I'm preaching a message that, because he's telling me some things that he's dealing with personally. And I said, I'm preaching a message about the past on Sunday and you need to get him here. And so he did. He tried. He didn't come, but Sam was here. Sam came up to me after service. He said, Dad, I'm going to tell Mark about that. I said, give him the podcast. But you see what I'm saying is, is that we're praying and we're impacting people. We had Mark come and help out at the church because of community service. But God has planted something in that young man. And I believe that we're going to see him here. We're going to continue to love him. Every time my wife and I have had him at the house and stuff, we love him and, and just treat him like our own. And you see what I mean? But see, I'd, Scout's honor. I've never invited him to church. Shame on me. But now my son, Sam, who's not super frequent in his attendance, is now ministering to this young man. I'm very proud of him for that. So I know I get to tell my children. The third part of this is our connect groups. Now, we already have one in place. We have the Silver Owls group. Brother Kylie founded that last year. Now, the connect groups, are a t they're a third-tier deal. 
And what I mean by third tier is if you can't get them here on a Sunday for a full service and you can't get them into a life group here at the church, well, hey, you know what? Connect groups are going to be a fantastic way to have some Christian fellowship with somebody on an interest-based group that just goes out and does something that everybody shares an interest of. So, for example, uh, POA in Florida, where I just was with uh, Dave and Chris Larson, they do, P- they do connect groups. And uh, Dave and Chris, believe it or not, this will shock you, run a connect group as Disney pass holders. And they take a whole slew of people... <laughs> Right, They take a whole crew of people over to the Disney parks and they invite friends and they have visitors every time and people have come to their church through the connect group influence. And so they find common interest type things. I was talking to Sister Eliza about it and she said, wouldn't it be cool if we had a junkers group where we went to resale shops and antique stores on a Saturday morning and then went and got coffee? I think a whole slew of people would love getting on board with that. But it's something that she could then turn around and invite a friend to. It's just a group of interest, Right? And so through that influence and through that effort, we can begin to plant those seeds. It's godly people, godly influence in a safe way that people could just invite them. Maybe somebody in your connect group has a loss somewhere in the course of time. Hey, we've got this life group at our church. Well, you already have a natural introduction. You see what I'm saying? And so this is the, the plan forward aspect of what I'm talking about. And here's the responsibility of the faithful and the learned, in my opinion. 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to go back to 1 Timothy chapter 4 again. And I'm just getting ready to wrap up here. But I do have, uh, Sister Rebecca, there is a uh, video that's queued up on Chrome. And if you tap the Chrome, it should pop up. It'll pop up on your screen to the right. That's it. Yep. Thank you. 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 11, says this. It says, These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth. Now, I believe in that situation, by the way. That does not mean just age. Okay? Now, I'm going to interpret a little bit here. So this is, this is 1 Cordal chapter 2, all right? This is my interpretation. I do not believe, and I haven't studied it out, I do not believe that means just age. I, mean, I believe that it means a combination of age and energy and excitement and enthusiasm. Let nobody despise that you're excited about your church. Let nobody despise that your church is the center of your world and that everything else revolves around it. Don't let people mock you and put you down for that. Don't back off of that thing. Your church should be the center of your universe. It should be the thing that you're excited about. I saw it on Facebook the other day. Church should be the reason you miss other things. Church should be the reason you miss going to the ball game. Church should be the reason you don't hit that gymnastics class. Church should be the reason you miss out on the work party, etc., etc. Church should be the center of your universe. Amen. That's what I believe, let no man despise thy youth, means. But be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Folks, you the core, you the people that are the leaders, the faithful that are here, that come on Wednesday nights. It is your responsibility, it is my responsibility that in conversation, in love, and in spirit, and faith, that we continue to be an example of the believers. Talk this stuff up. Hey, man, we got life groups come. If you think all these ideas I just laid out are stupid and the whole thing is dumb out there, okay. But you know what? Just, just get on board anyhow and support it and talk it up and say, hey, Brother Cordell and the pastor team, man, they've got these life groups going and there's connect groups that are getting started up and I want to get involved and we start to launch them. You might even have one you like. Sister Kylie, your stamp collection might be something you could... You, <laughs> I'm just kidding, cheat on that stamp collection. Do you have a stamp collection? No, okay, all right. But it's our responsibility to be that example in love and in our spirit and in faith and purity till I come, give attendance to reading and to exhortation and to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. My goodness, you have the spirit of God within you. You have the ability to take down mountains, take down giants, Knock down the strongholds that the enemy has put up. Guess what a stronghold is? Oh, I don't think we're ever going to reach anybody. I don't think we're going to grow. I'm not sure if we can get out to the community. I don't know if I want to be a part of outreach. That's a stronghold. And you have the ability to knock that down. And there are many people that have that stronghold in their life. 
Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which is given thee by the prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save yourself and them that hear thee. When you reach out in faith, you might fail. A letter campaign might fail. Life groups might not take off all that well. But I know that if we're in a brain trust, if God sees us in unity and he sees us being faithful to one another, what, what, what Paul wrote to Timothy, then he'll bring it the way he wants. And then we'll just accordingly. I promise you, I won't be stuck in a gear, Brother Rob. If, if that gear ain't the gear that God wants and he says, nope, that was the wrong way to go, but here's the way I want you to, I promise you, I promise you, I'll change gears and I'll follow what God's directed us to do. All right? I am not stuck on any idea. We're not married to any particular thing. It's not carved in marble or stone or granite. But here's what we can do to get off the ground. Right? Isaiah 54, four through seven, and then we're gonna go to our video. 55, excuse me, Isaiah 55, four through seven says this, behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. My goodness, what a promise. There's a lot of them out there that need us, folks. This is serious business. Again, like I said, this, this just wasn't something to do. It wasn't just something to keep Cordell occupied and, and keep the leaders doing things. There's purpose. There's a reason there's a command that God's given me in this area and a burden that he's put on my heart for it. And I hope you can see it. Go ahead and play that video, Sister Rebecca. We're gonna listen to this video and then you guys, we can just come to the altar right afterwards. Only the church has an exit. Hell has no exits. When God prepared hell for Lucifer, he did not prepare hell for humans. He prepared hell for Lucifer. And when he prepared hell for Lucifer, he made a way that hell could see what's going on in heaven for the fact of torment. But when he made hell, he fixed it in such a way that those that are in hell can never exit and those that are in heaven can never come to where they're at and help them out. Can I tell you tonight, you ought to exit while you can. You need to exit a life of sin while you can. Exit your lifestyle while you can. If you question whether your life is pleasing to God, you listen to this preacher tonight. Exit while you can. keep on telling you just because your conscience has been seared does not negate the fact that Jesus is coming exit while you can and what could be worse than hell he said what could be better than, for, than heaven would be as you are walking up to the throne you're walking up to the throne you made it to heaven you made it there and you're walking up to the throne and all of a sudden you hear mama mama that's Jared oh that's your mama I'm over here oh Jeremy and for the entire family to come around the throne of God I can think of nothing better. I can think of, of anything that would top heaven than to be around the throne of God and to have my children around the throne of God and we're saying it paid off, didn't it? Son-in-laws, it paid off, didn't it? It paid off, didn't it? No, no, it paid off, didn't it? I know they were making fun of us. I know we were getting ridiculed, but it paid off. Look at Jesus. 
can think of nothing worse than hell. Compromising hell. Flames dancing all around me. A body that won't burn because it's an eternal body that won't burn. Gnashing of teeth. People gnashing on each other with their teeth. You're in a free fall the whole time because it's a bottomless pit. You hear the hissing of demonic spirits as they whiz around your ears. You hear all of these things are gnashing and moaning. Oh God, it's a cry of the unimaginable. You're hearing all of this. People are gnawing on you. And all of a sudden, your boy comes up beside you in hell. You hear me tonight. I'm about to preach you to this altar. You hear me tonight, Daddy. You better live such a way that in hell your children don't come up around you and say, Daddy, why didn't you lead us? Daddy, why didn't you get your feelings hurt? Mama, why were you so carnal? Mama, why weren't you in the prayer group instead of the gossip group? I've come to tell you tonight that would be worse than hell. Puts it into perspective, doesn't it? I think it's a good reminder. We've got a job to do. Don't worry about being embarrassed. Don't worry about what's going to fail, what doesn't seem right, what seems silly. Not my view, not the way I would do it. Just trust that that message right there weighs heavy. And uh, everything that we can do to reach out to those that desperately need us. We're going to do what we can. And we're going to be successful in many ways. We're going to fail a lot. But God's going to be in it. And we're going to see people saved in this church. In Jesus' name, God, we're very thankful, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your inspiration, God, for hearing our prayer for guiding and leading and directing all of our leaders for the vision that you've given, the, the, the thoughts and the inspiration that you've put into their hearts, Lord. And God, we want to reach out. We want to be a part of this community. We want to be. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.